Hey, Seattle hockey fans, did you miss me? I know it's been a while, but I'm back. It is a Wednesday. It is game day eve, but a lot has happened since we last spoke, including we're riding another win streak, but we've got a big one coming up against Boston. And guess who will be there? That's right, yours truly, and might have a special interview or two set up from Beantown. Let's talk about the last two wins and get ready for game day tomorrow on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked on Kraken. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala. You may know me from, I've written for the Seattle Kraken back before they had a name. I've also written in the New York Times for Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, and a lot of other places, and uh, still am a writer at Forbes. And so I also was able to travel to Beijing, China, to cover Maddie Beniers and Sarah Nurse. Those were my two main assignments at the 2022 Winter Olympics. USA didn't quite make it to the medal round, but Sarah Nurse became the first black woman to win gold as a part of Hockey Canada, so that was amazing to see. Anyway, we're going to talk some international hockey a little bit later on the show, but let's talk about these last two wins all on the road. And for those who follow Locked on Kraken on social media, I'm telling you, ever since I saged my jersey, I am a sage auntie, the Seattle Kraken have won. Uh, the last time that the team lost was against Edmonton um, right before the new year. And that was actually the last time Philip Grubauer started a game. But he got the start last night and got the win. It was a 4-3 win. It wasn't the prettiest of wins against a Buffalo squad that can be pretty potent in some areas. If you were able to watch the pregame show or even see some of Allison Lucan's work over on the Seattle Kraken website, then you know there was a lot of focus on how much cycling and puck retrieval Buffalo is capable of. And we really saw that early on. Um, you know, wasn't the greatest of games, like I said, but the Seattle Kraken found a way to win. Speaking of Allison Lucan, we are going to get to some of her notes. And of course, this is over at Seattle's uh, website. This one is called Sword Fight. Third period push gives Seattle a 4-3 win. Kraken remain perfect against Buffalo and extend win streak to six games. Now, sadly at least in my estimation, there was no massive toe pick uh, in this game. There was no empty netter, almost an empty netter, but there was no empty netter in this game, no toe pick. If you know, you know. But the Seattle Kraken did get the win. Now, here are some things that you need to know. Um, 
Philip Grubauer is now 8-1-2 and two against the Buffalo Sabres and extends his win streak against them to six. I, and this is Dave Haxtell speaking after the game, or excuse me, this is Philip Grubauer speaking after the game. I think the first period was a little rusty, but after that, I found the game and was good from that. You also, and you can check out over at Locked on Kraken on our YouTube page, I have this video up. But he also says, yeah, it's been almost two weeks since I started. And the last time he started, it wasn't great. I do want to address this. I've addressed it a few times on the show. Philip Grubauer, I'm not a part of the card-carrying membership club for Philip Grubauer. There are also some really, in my opinion, silly nicknames going around with regard to Philip Grubauer fans. But, you know, to each their own. I don't like... Uh, some of the more negative nicknames that people give to Philip Grubauer. And if you look at the the numbers, which of course can be skewed in a multitude of ways. I mean, you know how I feel about how people talk about our, our defense. I'm like, our defense isn't really all that great. And I don't know where you're coming up with these arbitrary numbers from. Anyway, I, I would like to see us as a, as a collective fan base kind of leave some of that behind. I don't understand it completely why the team tends to play better in front of literally any other goaltender but Philip Grubauer. Last year, I talked a lot about how he just never looked comfortable. And you know what? When you're a little bit anxious or you don't have complete faith and trust in your team, sometimes that carries over. I'm not saying that that is the problem. I'm also not saying it isn't the problem. But there's a difference in the demeanor with Philip Grubauer at times. And is that vibes? Am I going off of vibes? Yeah, because the numbers are very slim, people. But the, the point is, and this is what I'll say, Philip Grubauer had a great game for us last night. He has had great performances for us this year, and even some last year. We are not a defensively sound team with consistency. And why those numbers tend to rain down on Philip Grubauer more than in this in this case this year, Martin Jones, I couldn't tell you. I can only tell you what I see. I see a lot of vibey things. Um, only the players in the locker room can tell you. Only Philip Grubauer maybe can tell you. But I do think we need to just turn the volume down a little bit. I also do think we need to turn the volume up on figuring out what this means long-term for us, whether we make the playoffs or not, whether we make a deep run into the playoffs or not. I think probably likely not. If it's going to continue to be this back and forth, and I don't know that we are guaranteed to have Martin Jones next year. I, I don't. Someone has to figure out the math for me to figure out how we keep Martin Jones and get Drieger back healthy and keep Joy Decord. I, I just I and of course Philip Grubauer. I don't I don't anyway. I just came to say let's turn down the volume a little bit, folks. Yeah, there's some things, even Nick Olchek said it yesterday. Could have could have had that save. Dave Haxel said that about all of our goaltenders at one point. Gotta have that save. He would have he probably would have liked to have that one back. That's hockey, baby. But I've said this before. Let's settle into, I think it's Martin Jones on a day-to-day -day basis for us, with the exception of when we have splits that are obviously in his favor and or when we need to give the guy a rest. He has to rest, people. Anyway, 
tone it down a little bit. I can't tell you what to do. I would like to see the fan base tone it down a little bit when it comes to Philip Grubauer. Anyway, moving on to the, the team. They gave Philip Grubauer goal support. The Kraken scored at least four goals in four straight games, making this a franchise record. So they were giving that support to Martin Jones, and it now has carried over to Philip Grubauer. What is that teaching me? What is that telling me? That we're starting to build consistency. But what I like is that now the team is finding ways to build that consistency regardless who's behind them. And that's exactly how we need to play. Is it understandable from a human nature perspective that that hasn't been what's happened? Yes. Is it acceptable? No, it's really not. Is it anyone's fault? I don't know. If I'm being honest, I don't know. What I do know is, let's tone it down a little. Philip Grubauer is our goalie. He's ours, all right? He's on our roster. So act accordingly. Anyway, this is what Jordan Eberle had to say about yesterday's game. We had our ups and downs. We obviously started a little bit slow. That's for sure. They gave up a goal early. Uh, but then they were able to, to come back and come back. Kids Mwah. loved this back and forth game, kept it tight, stayed the course. They held fast and they stayed true. Um, the second period was uh, much of the same. He's saying that we found a way to come back in the first, found a way to come back in the second. We started well in the third, obviously. And then we held on the Sabres played well and they created lots, but Gruby was excellent tonight. He made some huge saves and kept us ahead. So a lot of people after the game have been asking about special teams, the PK in particular. Now we did give up a power play goal, but three of four on the PK. And another thing is that you saw that the Seattle Kraken were creating opportunities for themselves as well. The passing has been clinical. For both games, we're not going to go over like tick for tack the Montreal game as much because it happened the other day. Um, you'll hear from some guys coming up next on Locked on Kraken, but um, it was just a f it was fun to watch this team. It wasn't perfect. Oh man, on the broadcast, they were like, another one, another one. So many icings, both teams on the second game of a back-to-back. -back. Not the greatest cadence, not the greatest pace, but we still found a way to win. Did give up a goal, because at one point we were up 4-2, to two, then Buffalo made it interesting late in the game. Didn't love that. Didn't love that. But you know what? You found a way to win, and that's why... That's what we need, and that that's what's giving me hope and promise for the future, for the future, for sure. But even down the course uh, of this season, um, I love this Yanni Gord to Schultz um, screaming at him to give him the puck. He didn't see me for a second. I was screaming at Schultz uh, to let him know I was there. He made a great play, and I was able to put it behind the the goaltender um, and this is just fantastic Yanni Gord assisted by 
Justin Schultz. Justin Schultz has been fantastic. He also, on this road trip in the last two games, found uh, a, just a great little one-timer. I think it was in this game, actually. Um, and uh, was this the feed that he got off of? Um, was it this game or the Montreal game where he got that feed from? Um, was it Maddie Beneers? Either way, things like Schultz has been great. Um, Maddie Beneers has been fantastic. He had a grindy goal um, in this one against Buffalo. Just really like it. Overall, uh, game score showed that Yanni Gord had the best uh, game for Seattle at a 3.26. Um, the Kraken had seven rush chances. Um, and that's something that we talked about earlier or alluded to. Buffalo averages 6.9 rush chances per game. They were kept down to just five scoring chances on the rush. Other things, was it a quality start? Neither goaltender got a quality start. Neither goaltender got a steal per the data from Sports Logic. Um, but it was what we needed from Philip Grubauer. All right. So let's calm the Jets a little bit. Coming up next on Locked on Kraken, like I said, we're going to go over that Montreal game just a little bit. But I want you to hear from some of the players um, in particular. Um, you know, we heard from Dave Haxel, him saying that he just likes coaching this group. And I think that speaks volumes because remember we had that quote of him essentially questioning this team. You know, do they have what it takes to essentially level up Sierra style? Do they have what it takes to level up? And I think they're starting to answer that. That's coming up on Locked on Kraken. We'll get more into it. Right now, let me tell you, this episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has your all the props, all the odds for everything that you need when it comes to sports wagering, and that's on betonline.net. Of course, we want to make sure that you're using all this information at your fingertips responsibly, but you can find NFL, NBA, uh, we had World Cup, we have, of course, NHL, including futures odds, Matt Benier is still a Calder candidate, and we love to see it. All of that you can find on Bet Online using your laptop, your desktop, your mobile device, whatever you got. And I have been stranded in transit for the last two days, and I can I can tell you I used a little bit of all of those things to keep up with Bet Online because if you love sports podcasts, which of course you do, because you listen to Locked On Kraken and make it a part of your daily routine, then you can find those sports podcasts on Bet Online. That online is where the game starts. All right, folks. Sword Fight was the final buzzer title for yesterday's game. Winning Habit. Heck yeah, we love a winning habit. In Montreal, Quebec. Um, I love this. As head coach Dave Haxtell spoke with the assembled media in Montreal, after the morning skate, he smiled. First of all, Dave Haxel smiled. Doesn't happen very often, but he smiled. He was a little bit, um, what's the word? Short. He was short. Uh, wasn't really enjoying morning skate before Buffalo, but they got the win. So who am I to judge? Anyway, he smiled when asked if it was difficult to coach a team like the Kraken with so much depth. Quote, this is an awesome team to coach. Yeah. This is an awesome team to watch, Dave. So I can only imagine that it's an awesome team to coach. 
difficult at times, I'm sure, including that Morgan Geeky and Ryan Donato, really caused by Ellie Tolvanen, are giving him fits on trying to figure out how to get them in the rotation. And he alluded to that, um, I guess it was at that short uh, morning skate before Buffalo Geeky would be in, Donato out. They're essentially alternating, but he likes what Ellie Tolvanen is giving. So we're going to go with Ellie Tolvanen. And you know what? I completely understand that. Uh, makes all the sense in the world. You go with the hot hands, and Tolvanen has been proving himself. Of course, you know I am gutted anytime Ryan Donato is not in the lineup, but c'est la vie. As long as they're stepping up, they keep giving themselves an opportunity to get that chance. Now, if someone doesn't step up and another guy does, and then Bob's your uncle, right? There goes that chance. But we'll see. Um, but, you know, he says it's a, a, a great team to coach. And I know. I have my favorites. We all do. I know. But when you take it too far, I've been more critical of Morgan Geeky, and then he proved me wrong. So I had to I had to dial it back. All right. If you're wrong, you're wrong. You have a bad take. Say so, because you know what's better and more important is the team success. Put your ego to the side. Speaking of putting ego to the side, Maddie Beneers. This kid. There's so much that I like about Maddie Beneers. Um hardworking guy. And I mean this in the true sense, you know, people say hardworking, but what does that really mean? Maddie Beneers is the kind of hardworking. And I feel like we talked, I think we talked about this. I can't, honestly, it's been such a mush of an, of the last three days or like week. I don't know, but whether it was Montreal or not, no, it was Ottawa in the Ottawa game. So I did talk about this on the podcast. In Ottawa, and this has happened before. I've talked about it earlier on the podcast. He's starting to get targeted. You know, older, more veteran guys trying to put a big hit on him. Big hits are part of the game. Do I think they are essentially dirty hits? Not necessarily. Not all of them. But they're definitely intentional message-setting type hits. Matty Beneers, every time he's gotten hit, no matter how hard, no matter where on the ice, he snaps right back up. And then in the Ottawa game, he snapped right back up. And then he does his little, you know, he's got his little goal celly. Piper Shaw has a, I guess it's inside crack in hockey where they're talking about goal cellies. My, uh, my service kept dodging in and out. So I don't know actually if she talked to Maddie Beneers for that, but he's got like this little celebration that he does. Anyway, and I love it because it's like he's letting out that energy, but he's not directing it at in anyone not like Yuri Slavkovsky, although I kind of did love that. Uh, I just love the this, the audacity to kind of yell in an older guy's face after he tries to mush you to the ground and then you score a goal. I freaking love it. I love it either way. But Maddie doesn't he doesn't give off that kind of energy. He's going to be excited about his accomplishments, what his team is doing. And if you ask him, maybe he'll tell you, yeah, he got a little riled up, he got a little pissed off, and he uses that as fuel. But he uses it in a positive way. You wouldn't have known he was pissed off after that hit if it hadn't been for him scoring that goal these are the kinds of things the bounce back that Matty Beneers does so well and that the the overall bounce back of the Seattle Kraken team how can they not be fun to coach Dave Haxlin I hope to ask him about this he kind of alludes alluded to this but I want to ask him about this when I'm in Boston 
you he issued a challenge. I don't know if my team is ready to do the work that is required of them. Not that they don't have the capability, not that they don't know what to do, not that they don't want to move further. But there's a difference between saying you want to be somewhere where you're not at the moment, at the present moment, and then going after it and doing the work. And after Dave Haxtell said that, I believe in my estimation that his team has shown him who they are. What was it? The Golden Globes, right? Um, Angela uh, Bassett just won a whatever that statue is called. Anyway, Black Panther. Look it up. Um, I love that bounce back. Ellie Tolvanen stepping up. Morgan Geeky, Ryan Donato, whether they're in or out of the lineup, stepping up. Brandon Tanev has, you know, had a really wild and crazy season, but he finds ways to bring energy. Yanni Gord bringing energy. It's it's just fantastic. Vince Dunn has looked great. He's scoring. Talked about Schultz and how he's contributing. Bjork Strand is getting a lot of crap, especially from national media. But this guy is playing. He's playing. He's doing the things that give us the, the capability to win the puck back. Maybe not in the sequence that he's doing it, but he's wearing guys down. He's trying to find seams. He's trying to connect on passes. And after a while, other teams are starting to notice how he operates within a game. And so you have to respect what he's putting out there. He makes other teams second guess because he's doing so many different things to create opportunities. They don't always lead to goals for him. But it's my estimation that if you were to kind of give out hockey assists, so to speak, for effort, Bjorkstrand would have a lot of them. He's solid. I like this acquisition for us. And don't you fret. When he gets going, it's game over. It's game over. Anyway, the Seattle Kraken have been fantastic, but don't take my word for it. Let's hear from, let's hear from Jordan Eberle. This is him talking after the um this is him talking after the Buffalo game. And speaking of Maddie Beneers, if you listen closely, you might be able to hear Maddie Beneers towards the back end of Everly's media availability post game after the 4 3 win over Buffalo. I thought we were, you know, we had our ups and downs. Um, we obviously started a little bit slow, I thought, found a way to come back in the, in the first and the second period was much the same so we started well in the third obviously and then just kind of held on um, I wouldn't say it was our best but you know I give them credit they, they played well and they uh, they created lots uh, Gruby was excellent tonight I think um, you know he, he made some huge saves and, and kept us uh, kept us ahead yeah our PK has been a lot better we've started to you know win the special teams and not just the PK but the power play too we've started to to hang in there there's nights where we were getting you know outworked on on both power play and penalty kill and that was losing his game so yeah I think that's been a big big piece of why we're, we're starting to win again you have the assist to on Schultz's goal you get the puck to Maddie behind the net I know you like to play back there has that mm -hmm. something you've talked to him about as well <laughs> not not really no he, he I mean he's a smart enough player I just honestly I just try and find him he made a he made a great play to call to me and and I knew he was back there so I just tried to get it by the D so um you know he's uh, he's obviously a hell of a player <laughs> so end with that 
how do you not love Maddie Veneers? He's like, I love you. You know, he's like, he's so endearing. He's so endearing. He's a great storyline. Whether he wins Calder or not, my mind's made up. This kid is good for us. Ellie Tolvanen has also been fantastic. Let's take you to the locker room. This is him talking after the win in Montreal. Between you and Vince Dunn right now. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like he's going to find me in a good spot. And, you know, we were talking a lot. They're just shooting the puck, you know, open. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been lucky they just got in. He said he tells you to shoot the puck all the time. How much is he telling you that? Was it good to see him get a goal as well? Yeah, it's of course nice. I mean, the, my, goal, my goal is to kind of like tap in and you, you can't miss that. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's nice to see him. He's playing really well. He's, he's been going every game lately and, you know, he's a big part of our decor. Yeah, we were talking that we, everybody has to be ready when the puck drops and I felt like we played really fast on the, from the beginning. I, you know, we got in for check and uh, these were active as well. So I think that's a big thing. Big thing we have to keep building and, you know, do it again tomorrow. What were you proud of defensively tonight? I think we didn't give them that, that many opportunities. Uh, you know, we, we didn't take that many penalties. We didn't give them a power play. And, you know, they're top guys. Uh, you know, they didn't get in the score sheet. So that's always nice. And, you know, Jonesy playing a really nice game. Thank you. Our guys are locked in. Our guys are absolutely locked in. Um, you know, but what does this mean for Shane Wright? Well, we know that Shane Wright is going to be in the OHL. What you might not know is what team he's playing for. So let's get into it. Big trade deadline in juniors. Let's talk about it coming up next, as well as some talk about the U18 World Juniors. That's what's coming up on Locked on Kraken. Hey, thank you as always for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. Coming to you a little bit later today. I've mentioned it before and on social media, I've had some travel delays. Thankfully, I did not get delayed today, Wednesday, because there were a whole nother set of delays that happened and the FAA and I don't know. So if you're traveling or someone that you know is traveling, please stay safe, sending good vibes, good auntie vibes to everyone. But, uh, okay, Shane Wright, we talked about it. I did a quick hit on social media, but he uh, went down to Kingston. He was reassigned to Kingston, so no more AHL. We know that's up. No more NHL for this season. Then he got traded. As widely expected, Kraken prospect Shane Wright has been traded from his longtime Ontario Hockey League Kingston front necks junior club to the OHL Windsor Spitfires. The trade moves right to a Spitfire squad that is second overall in the OHL in the Western Conference with a 23-9, 3-1 while Kingston is in sixth place with a 17-17, mark. And as the article says, yes, this is not surprising. What was a little bit surprising, at least to me, was what um, the Spitfires gave up uh, Kingston received a major haul in exchange for Kraken's right. Um, the package included um, a forward, a defenseman, and seven draft picks. What? <laughs> Someone asked me, like, is this a good deal? Like, what's what's going on here? Honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, except that the Spitfires really want to win in the OHL this year. I think that's a guarantee. Uh, someone asked, you know, are they kind of hedging their bets that he'll stay around? I really hope not. That being said, it's an interesting question because, as we know, um, 
Morgan Geeky and Ryan Donato right now are interchangeable. And Dave Haxel's kind of going on again, off again, because he doesn't want to not play either guy. Not the quite the same situation that we are having in the goaltending situation. It could be because, again, Philip Grubauer, I thought, had a good game last night. Not a quality start per sports logic, but a good game for Seattle. Um, are they hedging their bets that he's going to stay around for a while? Even if even if Shane Wright doesn't go to the Seattle Kraken, which I think is very possible, mind you, next season, why would we keep him in the OHL if we can have him in the AHL? Number one team in the AHL, the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And in case you missed it, drop some news. Jason Hernandez from the Locked On community is the new PA announcer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. We teased his announcement. He broke the news on our show, Locked on Kraken. And on Friday, for Firebirds Fridays, I will have him back. You'll learn a little bit more about JD or Jason, as I like to say. you you If you're a longtime listener slash viewer, you should know Jason. It's exciting. Anyway, I digress because that's what I do. Um, I honestly have no idea. I don't have enough of a finger of the pulse um, on the OHL right now, but you know who might is our friend Hattie Kalakesh. So you should make sure that you are listening to Locked On NHL Prospects. And I told you after World Juniors, we're going to have to have Hattie back on the show. And so we're going to make that happen. Just give me, I got to get through this road trip. It's an exciting one, including that Tamara. I get to watch the Seattle Kraken at Morning Skate and play at TD Garden where Willie O'Ree's jersey is retired into the rafters. I was there for that ceremony. It's going to be exciting. I'm so excited to catch the Seattle Kraken live again. I have still not seen a live regular season game at Climate Pledge Arena. I catch them on the road, uh, but this is going to be a good one. I'm very excited. And then the next day, I... We'll be calling a game for the for Hockey East. I have a women's game to, uh, this week, and then I have some men's games later in the year for Hockey East. And I will be your play-by-play voice for those games on Nessun. That's why I'm traveling a lot. But for good, it's all good things. But the plan is that I will catch up with JT Brown at some point. So you'll have to stay tuned for that we've got a lot coming and of course i'll give you the post game recaps and you'll get um you know i'll be in the media scrums and all of that so it's going to be exciting um but yeah i don't know are we are they hedging their bets that he'll stick around for a little bit i i hope not for the spitfires i mean i guess they just want to the only guess i have is that they really want to win now they're in second place and they want they want to guarantee, damn near guarantee the cup. So they go get Shane Wright. They were in second place without him. Like, what can they do with him? Go all out. He's been in the AHL, played in the NHL, won a, a gold medal at World Juniors. What can this guy not do? So we'll see. We'll keep you up to date with that saga. Speaking of international competition... We are through the preliminary rounds for the World Juniors, or excuse me, for the U18 Women's World Championships. The 
Canadian squad went undefeated. They beat the United States today. They beat the United States three to one. So we have some games here that are upcoming. Uh, we're still waiting on all of the final seating, but Canada looking pretty good. Of course, they are your reigning gold medalists. So they're looking to make good and go back to back. But make sure you're following Women's Pro Hockey Seattle. They've been keeping up to date with all of the scores, not just the U.S. and Canada scores. Just in case you didn't know, someone from our very own Seattle Kraken is at this tournament, the U18 Women's World Championship. And that is Caitlin Park. She is the Parker, excuse me. Caitlin Parker is the player development coach for the Kraken Youth Hockey Association. And she is with Team USA as a scout. So she's got all the eyes on the U18 Women's World Championship happening now. Sweden is hosting. And I I just love this. She herself um, has been able to just really grow the sport in the area and feels that this is the next progression. Quote, I've been part of the USA hockey family doing various national camps and different things with them since I started coaching college. Um and just a note, she played four years at Colgate, then served as an assistant coach, two seasons at Brown, and then three with UConn. I'm familiar in terms of with just what that preparation process looks like for national teams. I've always wanted to be on a national team staff learning all the ropes, and now she is. You know who else is on that team? Olympic gold medalist Brianna Decker, who also is an advisor for the Premier Hockey Federation. So this is going to be amazing. Her primary role is scouting and looking to get the team prepared as much as possible for the tournament games. Of course, the USA is striving to get back to the gold medal game. They want to win the gold medal game, but there are challenges that come along with it, says Parker. You're coaching a under 18-year-olds. Every day is like a new adventure. Wasn't that us last year? teenagers. So I'm glad Dave Haxel, you see how it's coming all full circle. I'm glad Dave Haxel is enjoying his seasoned teenagers early to mid uh, 20 year olds this year. Uh, we're doing better and I love it. But uh, Caitlin Parker and team USA, I'll be keeping you up to date with the U18 um, women's world championships. And then come the spring Hopefully, I'll be in Canada covering the women's tournament. Brampton is the host. That's going to do it for our show. I am soldiering on. It's probably not the prettiest podcast you've seen, but just like the Seattle Kraken got the 4-3 win against Buffalo, we made it through this show. We talked about some things, including Shane Wright, of course, Caitlin Parker, and, you know, again, let's, let's have some grace when it comes to Philip Grubauer, all right? We're winning games. Let's have some grace. Um, we, tomorrow, will talk about the Boston team that will be pre-recorded before Morning Skate because I will be at Morning Skate. So make sure, if you're not already, that you are following Locked on Kraken, especially on Twitter. Uh, I'm usually pretty good at posting some of my short video recaps on Instagram. We've got Facebook and, of course, YouTube shorts as well. That's going to be the way to catch up with me. I told you I'm trying to catch JT Brown. I'll let you know a little bit more of the, about that interview first when we get it, but then once it's ready to air. So I'm going to be with the Kraken crew. 
If you have questions, if there are things that you want to ask me while I'm on the road, I hit the road bright and early and I'm shipping up to Boston, but make sure you engage with me at Locked on Kraken. You can also find me personally at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. It's going to be a good time. I'm so excited to see this Seattle Kraken team in action. And it's a big one. Boston. The NHL just released some numbers. They sent it. I got it in my email today. And it's like all these milestones at the halfway mark. Yeah. Boston hit Boston's hitting a lot of milestones, but we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's episode of locked on Kraken. until then hold fast, stay true, get some rest, get some sleep. Cause tomorrow is a game day, baby. Make sure you send me your questions and follow along on my journey to be in town to watch our very own Seattle Kraken. Be kind to yourself and to each other. Hold fast, stay true. Let's go Kraken.